So I'm having all sorts of computer problems on my end. Uh, I'm hoping that this podcast does come out, but I think that we're going to try to not mess around a little too much with it because of all these issues I've been dealing with. Um, update your computer when Windows slash Apple give you like tell you you need to do it. That's uh, my biggest takeaway from this little experience here. My biggest takeaway is that I might need new headphones or I don't maybe I need a new computer. I don't know, but like <laughs> I uh I've already told you this earlier, but uh I keep hearing a buzzing noise in my earbuds and I don't know, it just won't go away. Yeah, I mean I, I'm still not totally convinced that it isn't just like my setup here because I'm in my parents' house recording this in a room that is not designed for me to be able to have like my normal microphone set up. So I'm just holding this like I'm, you know, some kind of like <laughs> announcer somewhere. So that's another reason to not want to be taking too much time here. Uh, before we get into things, I do feel like we should at least give a shout out to Benjamin Carlson based off of the comedy movies of the 2000s draft. He received the most votes across Twitter and Instagram of, you know, the, the several few that we <laughs> received. But, uh, you know, I, I, his, I like, I've been giving him crap about his voting results and how it was like a bunch of like family and like friends of his going out of their way to vote for him instead of like just normal followers of the podcast voting. But I would rather him get a ton of votes than nobody vote at all. So I guess he yeah, does I mean, deserve I, credit. <laughs> I mean, like I don't care like if I won or lost. Mm. I mean, they're just the movies I picked. I, I will say uh, his list is probably the 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 one where like I've seen the least amount of movies. Like I've, I've seen uh, pretty much every, I think I've seen, no, I have seen every movie on your list. Or obviously my list too. Yeah. Um, I think for Kenny's like, I've seen the first three, but not the last not the two. Last two yeah. Yeah. And then, and then Joey's was like also a mix. And so like, I think Ben Ben's list is like the only one where I think I've seen Napoleon Dynamite. And I was kind of with Joey, where like I didn't care for it the one time I watched it, but maybe I need to watch it again. I don't know. Well, you've seen Shrek two. Oh right, he had Shrek two. Yeah, Shrek two was probably my favorite on his yeah, list. Well, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I ended up being the one who's like, I guess I'm gonna take all the R-rated comedies because nobody else will. I mean, I know you took a few, Joey. Had yeah, a couple, mine was but... like a combination of that, like R and PG thirteen. Yeah, so. Shrek two and Emperor's New Groove though are like two of my favorite animated movies so like okay. I, I do have to give him credit for those and I, I guess I just didn't go into this draft that draft with that approach but you know it, it, you could have gone a lot of directions with it yeah. I had fun doing it and I you know I hope we do another draft sometime soon so yeah it was definitely fun uh I, I will say one thing I just want to mention is that when Kenny picked Shrek for like the first overall pick I didn't laugh because like oh it's such a bad like no I I enjoyed Shrek I guess I might be last on who enjoyed it the most though because it seems like everyone uh you kenny benjamin i don't know i don't remember what, how joey thought about it but like it seemed like everyone loves shrek <laughs> yeah uh, uh. and i was i was a fan of shrek as well uh uh the but i was only laughing just because of what we talked about how like <laughs> that you talked about how like a different podcast did did it as well and everyone picked like our movies and all this yeah and then it's just shrek. shrek goes fifth overall yeah, yeah no we've been t been talking about where shrek that's the only belong. reason why i laughed i didn't laugh <laughs> uh, because like wow this is a bad pick no i think it, i think it was a very solid pick yeah and i, I think I, I clarified it um during the 
actual right. okay. podcast there. But yes, no, it, it was just like I, I also couldn't help but laugh when that happened because, you know, I feel like that was the movie that we talked about the most and yeah. not having it go high. And then, of course, it goes first overall. So. That's, that's, yeah, that's why I laughed at that. Yeah. But anyway, uh, let's get into the actual content of the show and NBA playoffs, Boston Celtics. It, it didn't look promising at many of times, but the, the Celtics are in the Eastern Conference Finals taking down the Philadelphia Sixers in seven games. And this is a series where I feel like the way that I would talk about it changed every single game. Just one game, the Celtics lose. Then they come out, they end up winning by a ton. Then they lose again, like the season's on life support. And then, of course, it just ends with them winning by what? 25 in game seven Jason Tatum 51 points the most ever in a game seven after being just a disappearing act for seven quarters before that so yeah it was a total roller coaster of a series Uh because game one you know the Bruins lost the night before in a game seven losing the first round and it's like oh oh, this can't get any worse and like no it can yeah Uh, watch watch the Celtics lose game one at home with the Sixers not even having no Joel Embiid yet, James no Harden Joel just Embiid. has like the playoff game of his life. <laughs> yeah, and and it's like great, <laughs> like that's that's a hell of a start uh, to the to the series. And I'm thinking like, how's how's this gonna play out? And then you see the Celtics bounce back in Game Two, and then in Game Three, they're like, great. We're gonna we're gonna roll over this team now. And and then all of a sudden, Game Four happens, and you know the questionable decisions from Joe Mazzula of not yeah. calling the timeouts yeah which wasn't great no not not five, a fan of the timeout decisions no, uh, especially in not, overtime the second the announcer i think it was uh was it mark jones yeah it was uh, whoever and, yeah yeah him and doris Burke once they said game. like oh missoula is not using timeout here like, i was just like great i know how this is gonna play out now. <laughs> uh-huh. he, he's not gonna use the timeout they're gonna miss the shot he actually made the shot yeah, mark, mark Smart actually made it but he uh yep. but it was clearly obviously there yeah. was not enough time left after on the, clock. the buzzer which right there was what 15 seconds when philly yeah, took it's the just, lead it's it not like forever to to uh, set up uh to start the play like yeah you could blame missoula for not using the timeout i certainly do but some of that blame also should have gone should go to tamo as well for not starting that play up quick enough because by the time he passed it to smart the clock hit zero and yeah i mean when it comes down to it i put the blame on coaches more than i put the blame on players when time mismanagement is a problem because coaches are the ones who are supposed to like make sure that players know what's happening and the players when you're in the moment like that it's it's hard to balance both of those things whereas coaches can more easily do it so and i thought that would be the lowest point of the series but then game (laughs) five happens where yeah. it's like, all right, the Celtics, they blow it in game four, but here, here's a perfect bounce back spot. No, they ended up not just losing, but losing convincingly. And I'm thinking, yeah, their season's on the line. But luckily, what the Celtics do best is when their backs are against the wall, they typically respond. And that's, yep, yep. that's, that's, that's probably what the best part about the Celtics is, is that they respond to adversity for the most part. But wouldn't it be nice if they could win a series in four or five games right? against teams that they're clearly better than, but no, like they have to make it hard on themselves for whatever reason. And so, yeah, so game six happens and in the fourth quarter there, it's a close game. And at points that they were losing and Tatum is having the worst night of his life. Three and points through three quarters. Just, yeah, just one point. He was, at he was so bad that I'm thinking to myself, like, shouldn't he, should he even, even be on the court? I'm, I'm sort of joking, but I'm sort of not. Cause he was that bad. But then 
he makes one shot and he finally wakes up and brings him to a game seven. And then, yeah, yes, it, yesterday's game, definitely the best game of his career, 51 points, no mm-hmm. turnovers. And he drove the, he drove to the basket and he drove to the basket with purpose. It's not like he, yeah, right. You know, a lot of times he drives to the basket and he just turns it over or he, you know, that, that was the story of most of game and, six. And yeah. ask, you know, uh-huh. flail and ask, you know, for a foul, but, no, he drove to the basket looking to score. So it it was a really a a perfect game all around offensively. Uh whatever he was doing, he couldn't he was unstoppable. So it's hard to expect that every night, but uh, see it it feels like you can more expect Jason Tatum to be the best player on the floor than to be a literal liability like he was yeah. for most of the two previous games, but yeah, I mean I I thought in game six when Tatum sucked in the first half that, okay, the Celtics aren't going to be able to pull this one out because it's going to be the same thing as game five. The fact that Boston was actually up at halftime was like, okay, maybe not the case, but I just felt like Tatum was going to have to put this team on his back if he was going to win. I had a little group chat that my cousin from Philly started after the Sixers won game one with my brother and I, and I said that, I was manifesting Tatum going for 50 points to save the Celtics season in game six. Didn't like happen, he didn't but Milwaukee. he ended up doing it in game seven. Exactly. That was kind of my mindset. So, um, it, you know, I think that at this point, it seems like the Celtics, I don't know if live and die by Jason Tatum is the right phrase, but when he is on okay. and he's playing comes, like no, a No, it comes down to their player, star like, players. So uh, I, would, I would rephrase that to Tatum and Brown. Yeah, well, I feel you know, like... People, you, know, you know, people will say like, oh... You know, credit for to Joe Missoula for making adjustments. Like, I, I it's mean, like you yeah. know, you know, I didn't, I didn't like how he handled Game Four. I get it, but you know, coaches in the N- in the NBA specifically, they get too much credit when things go well, and they get too much blame when things go bad. Because at the end of the day, no, no matter what, if you think Missoula is a good coach or not, it comes down to the star players. Yes, and I, agree. And I don't want to say other things aren't important. Like, you need to have depth too. Uh, you know, especially since Joel Embiid, that's something he mentioned after the game. <laughs> you know, it can't just be me and James. It has to be. As after <laughs> I know it was, I know it was taken out of context, but but it's still funny no. to hear that one clip <laughs> that talking was... about how like you know it can't just come down to to, to James and I, and it has to. And after know, they a, both sucked in Game Seven. Yeah, twenty four <laughs> points combined. That, that's your MVP. from your <laughs> from your star players is not going to cut it. No, I you know I. It's it's great that the Celtics won, but at the same time, I can't help but look at the opponent and oh, think, oh, like, wow. I completely agree with this. It, that's where like I'm looking at it being like, okay, yes, Celtics yeah. pulled this out, but it's more like, thank God, because that would be horrible for them to lose to that Sixers team. And to now that- To a team that, that, you know my feelings on the Sixers, and yeah, look, Embiid, he's an MVP. Did he deserve it? I, I guess, but- He begged know, for it. Perform- he, he was awesome in game <laughs> five, and- and, yeah, no, he he know, has he has moments. He's a very fun player to watch when he's healthy on the court playing well, but he has faded in the playoffs year after year and this year was extremely noticeable. Yeah. He averaged 33.1 points per game in the regular season and then 23.7 points per game in the playoffs, which is the biggest drop off uh in for an MVP in NBA history. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I saw it. In the playoffs. I did see that stat. Like, all of his stats were down. Rebounds, true shooting percentage. I think his ton- turnovers were up. I didn't know, though, that the point per game drop. But it makes sense. 10 points per game. So, so yeah. he deserves criticism. And I, I, 
I'm, I question if Embiid is is kind of a if he's a winner or a loser I don't or whatever. Think he's but a winner. there's no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind whatsoever that James Harden is a capital <laughs> L loser. Uh huh. No, I, especially I agree. in the playoffs at this point. It, yes. Just his his overall game playing literally no defense and it's all offense, dribble, dribble, and then flop for a foul. It, it, he's insufferable to watch, and he's. That dude does not give a shit about winning. It's all about just putting up numbers and having a fun the, time. Yeah, and just yeah, yeah, clearly. And he'll <laughs> have a fun time next year when him and Ime are going to strip clubs too. Yeah, I, I'm really <laughs> curious what ends up happening there. Like, I feel pretty confident that Doc Rivers is done in Philly. I'm yeah, there there are good coaches being fired. fired <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but James Harden has that player option. He could decide he wants to come back, but yeah, I would not be shocked at all if he decides to go back to Houston. It doesn't or even just matter what, what happens uh, with with Harden, like whether if he's in Philly or Houston, he's not going to win. No, he I, he's he's I a gutless he player. Yep, and yeah, I, I I'm I'm so glad Philly lost just because that's it's just the same story with them. Like, yeah, they're a good team with talented players, but they're never going to make a real run because they're. They don't get it. No, it's a no, dumb basketball team. Yeah, something always stops them. And it is it's funny to think about as someone who's not a fan of Philly, how you're up three to two, you win a huge game five, you're going back home, chance to close out the series, and then you score eighty six points. And then in game seven, after going actually toe to toe for half, ten points in the third quarter, just complete disappearing act in game seven. You're like, that is one of the worst ways that a NBA fan base can suffer defeat. And you're like, this is like what the third worst loss that the Sixers have had. Yeah, the in, have, uh, not the know, Sixers, the, the city of Philadelphia. City, has well, city of losses. Philly, I'm not even talking about them. Just looking at the Sixers alone because the Hawks series in 2021 and the Raptors in 2019 are so much worse <laughs> between, you know, losing the way they did with that Kawhi Leonard shot when they had Jimmy Butler, had like this team that you're like, if they win that game, who knows what happens. And then 21, just Ben Simmons, just the ab- absolute. That that's the worst one I've ever seen. <laughs> that's the worst. Well, although look, when they lost to Toronto, it wasn't because it, it's just it was just a really good game and Kawhi made a heck of a shot. But twenty one, he lost to the Hawks. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. No, I, I got I watched a very fun uh, debate between two Philly sports fans, like Sixers fans, be like which one was worse, and you know between those two. And I think like the argument was the Sixers team that lost to the Raptors was better, but the Sixers losing to the Hawks of all teams, like like it might have, it might have been more worse. I think the one versus. The Raptors is more heartbreaking because, like you said, like what if they win that game? Mm-hmm. Who knows what if they beat Milwaukee? I mean, I would have taken Milwaukee, but maybe they maybe they beat Milwaukee. They had Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have taken Milwaukee over Toronto, and you know the the Raptors won four in a row against them. Right. So I I could so certainly you, see this. Scenario. I don't I don't think they would have advanced to the finals, but you never know, especially since they had Jimmy Butler on that team, and he was their best player uh, during that time. Yep. Uh, but the but the one versus the Hawks, even oh again, they, you know, speaking of Milwaukee, it would have been the same exact opponent in the East Finals. Yeah, I mean, even if they would have lost to them, you still lost to the Hawks in Game <laughs> Seven on your home court. Uh-huh. Like that that's and, and with with Ben Simmons, you know, passing up shots right at the under the rim, and you see him beat. I don't blame him whatsoever for losing his mind and calling him out and all that. Yeah. So the Sixers are just a trash organization and i'm glad they lost yep the process did not work and uh it continues to not 
be good enough. And I, now I don't know what they're going to do this offseason. I think they could I run it no back. I have no idea what the plan is for them. You know, outside running of, it back, what is it going to accomplish? On your team. Yeah, right? It, it almost feels like they need to try another rebuild and see if they can get it right the next time. But, uh, I mean, anyway, I guess talking about Jimmy Butler, he plays for the Heat now, and the Celtics – some way, somehow, even though Miami lost the playing game, still have to play the Heat in the playoffs. Eastern Conference Finals, third time in four years. And it, it sounds crazy, but even though Miami is an eight seed, I almost feel like this is the scariest I've been. Like, which, like, last year they were no, the one I'm, seed. I'm, but... I'm definitely, <laughs> look, these the first two series with Atlanta and Philly, I, I really believe the Celtics should have not just beat them, but beat them easily, like four or five games. Yeah, no, I them. completely agree. Like, even though Philly's better than Atlanta and more talented, like I said, they're a stupid team and they're not in the same class. Yeah, both of those series and lasted at least one game longer, maybe exactly. even two. They, so. sh- they, they lasted at least one and maybe two games longer than they should have. And yes, Miami is not as talented as Philly, but everything else I would take Miami in. I think I respect Miami much more of a basketball team than Philly because they're they compete, they're well coached, they have a their their superstar player gets it and is a winner, and they're tough and they just never go away. <laughs> no, no, they don't. Like I, he, I hated culture seeing, is still a thing. <laughs> you might have seen the stat, but I I hated seeing the stat. Or ESPN analytics has the Celtics having a 97% chance of winning this series. Is it really? I think, really that's, th- I think I, that's, I, that's total BS. Yeah, I do that, not consider the Celtics gonna, overwhelming favorites. Like, would I take the Celtics? Yes, but would I take them easily? No, because I don't trust the Celtics, and we've seen it too many times that Miami knows how to frustrate the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And I think the Celtics are they're more experienced and more equipped to win it all this year. But I, I just think Miami is one of those team that, teams that gives them fits, and I would... It should it should be three percent. It should be like thirty percent. Yeah. Oh, on on paper, maybe that's fair to say, but like just yeah. On watching paper, how the, the Celtics are definitely out. the more talented team, but Miami, they're, they're obviously the much more well coached team. And the Heat have played what eleven playoff games as an eight seed, whereas the Celtics have played thirteen playoff games as a two seed. So not only are, are Miami like beating good teams, they're beating them quickly whereas the Celtics are playing with their food too much and yeah I mean I, I would not be surprised at all if the Heat win this series in like six games just given how <laughs> these two first rounds have gone and like do I think that the Celtics should win this in you know five games probably yeah but yeah just with I, the I, way I, the playoffs have played out looking at both of these teams I'm not going in overly confident like yes Celtics are the favorites to you know win it all like it, when you just look at it's not teams, my mindset right now when you just look at the rosters on paper you take out the coaching and the and the other intangibles like compete level and all that because because the Celtics you've seen these first two series that they take games off yeah oh like, yeah <laughs> especially game five versus Philly where they showed uh-huh. like no energy whatsoever and that's gonna happen again in this series yeah There's just almost no guaranteed in Miami gonna... is you know Miami is gonna take advantage even like game exactly. six against Philly like the Celtics defense was great don't get me wrong there but the Sixers had every opportunity with the way Tatum was struggling and they just could not could not score. could not take and, advantage yeah, yeah they had them on the ropes even tatum admitted that especially yeah. with the way tatum played in game six for uh-huh. the first three quarters in miami so. would not like i just don't see the heat 
letting that happen. Like, I think the Celtics have to actually show up and play well. I don't think they're going to win a game with Tatum going, you know, five for 21 for 19 points. Yeah. So it based on talent, it should be Celtics in five, but mm-hmm. it very likely, unlikely won't be. And it'll be like a six or seven, seven game series. And I definitely give Miami a shot. It's three yeah. percent ridiculous. I, I hate uh-huh. seeing that. Um, yeah, that. So I was actually curious what like some of the numbers would look like. I'm not surprised. Analytically, they'll come up with those numbers, but you know, if you just factor in the actual human side of it, it's definitely not that large of a spread. Yeah, so. I, I would. My prediction would be Celtics in six, but I don't, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't feel great about it because. Yeah, I I think the Celtics are the best team on paper. I think they're the deepest team left in the playoffs, but but I don't fully trust them. Even after yesterday, it was, yeah, it was oh, awesome I agree. to see. But yeah, but it was going to be a game like game. Well, hopefully not that bad like game five because they literally no showed in that game. Uh, but luckily they made adjustments in game six. You know, de- defensively because mm-hmm. Joe Mazzulla, he he loves the. He loves offensive. He's he's like Mike D'Antoni way, where he doesn't give a shit about <laughs> defense, and he's all uh-huh. about three point opportunities and transition offense, and and wants and wants to, you know, wants to put up all the points. While you know the Celtics last year and these past couple games in Game Six and Game Seven, they can be one of the best defensive teams in the league. Yeah, I mean, defense was the reason why the Celtics went to the finals last year, and it. I think that would have to be the reason. And I think it was the reason why they, why they won. If this, they do. I think it's one of the biggest reasons why they won this series because mm-hmm. you know Horford, he was someone that was trash in, <laughs> could, in the offensively. Yeah. Could he not hit, hit a shot. No, offensively, but he, as bad as he was offensively, he really gave Embiid fits in in the in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, he continues to own Joel Embiid <laughs> despite being like on his way toward retirement like with the way right. he looks it's it's <laughs> insane so and then having rob williams out there th- them together horford and williams it, it, it creates a lot of problems for opposing offenses yep. so that was that was great to see but <laughs> i couldn't help but you know hear the post game after game six after they won and talking hearing marcus smart look you know my thing with marcus smart but i thought he was great in the series versus Philly. I don't have any problems with him on the court in, in that series, but uh-huh. hear, hearing him talking about Joe Missoula, like like saying that, you know, he got killed, uh, you know, by the media, rightfully so. <laughs> just to hear him say that, uh-huh. rightfully so. <laughs> uh, it's just like, all right, so, like, we got coach Marcus Smart, uh, player coach instead of Joe Missoula. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like the players have taken over. I mean, honestly, Joe Missoula is 34 years old. Like he's, yeah. There are guys on the roster older than him. Yeah, there like, are guys on the roster that are older than him. Yeah, and I don't think Joe Missoula is a bad coach. I just think he's inexperienced, and at times he's very much been in over his head. I don't think that this means he can't be a great coach down the line. I don't think it means that he can't be a coach of – a really good Celtics team that goes on to reach or even win the NBA Finals. But I think it's pretty clear that if it comes down to coaching, I'd much rather have Eric Spolstra. And I think yeah, that, you know, for sure. this it's, it feels lopsided when you look at the head coaching comparison going into the series. So, But if, if Tatum is ready to win, and like he showed in Game 7, then that it shouldn't matter. Gonna matter. Yeah, absolutely. No. Yeah. So... Uh, the Celtics and the Heat are playing in the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, not only after last year, but in 2020 in the bubble. 
West Side, like same matchup. Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Lakers. And that is one that, in a lot of ways, you can maybe look at it and say you didn't necessarily see coming. Denver was the best team in the West all year, but I think the knock was, well, Nikola Jokic and like this Nuggets team in the playoffs, they, they've been disappointing the past couple of years. And then obviously the Lakers... I mean, they they were a threat to not even make they the were, playoffs. They were 13th in the West uh, at one point. Yep, but in the it end... Were, it looked like they weren't even going to be a, a playoff team. No. It looked like they weren't even going to make the plan, but once the... The trade once deadline. Once the second half of the season yep. uh, showed, and, and you know the way they played in, yeah, in the second half of the season, it's like, all right, like even though as a seventh seed... They should be taken seriously. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it, you know, it's almost like something happened where the Lakers had a player on their team that they swapped out and replaced them with multiple really good players to turn around their roster. Russell Westbrook. Like, I mean, it. Look, I, I've never been a fan of him. I no. loved that he was destroying the Lakers, and he immediately goes, and now the Lakers are like a legitimate Finals contender. Yeah, I, I've I've never been a Westbrook guy, and I'm glad that <laughs> I'm I'm glad that uh. The trade uh, for D'Angelo Russell has really benefited them. Well, I'm not I mean, glad about that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad about the Westbrook. Part, I can not appreciate. That the Lakers are yeah, no, that. I can appreciate yeah. it. I agree. Honestly, <laughs> I think that you know, if the Lakers win the finals, Westbrook, I believe, will end up getting a ring. Which I think, I think his dumb. ring should go to Danny Ainge instead because that trade just made the Lakers like giving him Jared Vanderbilt, Michael Beasley, and getting Minnesota involved to get D'Angelo Russell there just for like future first round picks to help with the the Jazz tank job rebuild. I think that H deserves a lot of credit for assembling this Lakers team. Everyone wants to go Rob Palenka, but I I don't know. It feels like he gave gave away a lot of talent with not much in return, just thinking way ahead to the future. So, uh that being said, I mean, I think I have mixed feelings going into this series because on the one hand, I'm like, the Lakers look really good right now. Like they have, you know, shown at times that they can be super dominant, but at the same time, I think Denver's so much better than Memphis and Golden State. And I think the Nuggets are the best competition that they'll have faced. They're, they're definitely better. Look, I have, I always overrate Golden State, yeah. Golden State and sometimes it's worked out. Sometimes uh-huh. I look like an idiot and then they end up being like almost the getting the first pick in the draft. And so, so obviously, I overrated them, and you know, having PTSD over last year and how the finals played out. But so I always take them seriously, but I obviously took them too seriously because, yeah, Lakers definitely look like the better team, and Steph Curry can only do so much. Yeah, because <laughs> because uh, I think he was fine, but you know, look at the rest Clay of the team. Clay Thompson is just Clay Thompson. Game yeah. six, Clay is like that. <laughs> that narrative is it's now dead. Kinda, uh, it's dead. dead. He'll always have that game against Oklahoma City, but it's it's dead. That at was this ridiculous. Point. <laughs> <laughs> he he would, broke records in that game. Yeah, and I mean, and then Draymond. We'll see if he stays or if he joins his buddy LeBron. I <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the Warriors definitely have a lot of question marks about like that dynasty heading into the future. I so I think a lot of people were big in like oh the Lakers they got or the Warriors have this young roster with all this veteran talent mixed in like they're going to continue to be a dynasty moving forward I had some questions about it and I you know I kind of bought into the idea because everybody was like giving convincing arguments but then I look at you know Jonathan Kaminga barely played in the playoffs Moses Moody was you know still part of the rotation but like those are supposed to be two of the guys James Wiseman got traded he's not there anymore he's in Detroit now so I, I don't know that I 
think that Golden State is going to get back to this point without completely reshaping this roster Jordan anyway. Jordan Poole is the worst oh, contract Poole. ever. Oh, man, yeah. He, that contra- <laughs> that's, that's the worst contract. His, his playoff performance last year is going to you know keep him rich for it's, a very long time. It's like Roy time, Hibbert like... <laughs> as a guard. Like, remember when Roy Hibbert with the Pacers, mm-hmm. he'd have like two points, two rebounds in like 40 minutes. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's no, kind of like that. There's, there's a lot of guys that uh, they 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 picked the right year to, to need a contract. And, yeah, Jordan Poole. <laughs> the, I mean, the, the Warriors. Yeah, he, def- he definitely forward. capitalized on the contract because uh-huh. uh, he's definitely not worth the money he's getting. No, 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 not not with the way this, uh, this season has played out. So I think the Warriors moving forward, they, they're going to have a lot of questions they need to address. Uh, they'll need to figure out how they want to handle a lot of that money. They've given out a ton of money to keep this team together just to lose in the second round. And all that being said, as disappointing as their loss was in six games in the second round, I you can easily make a case that the Suns going out. The Suns is is def- is, is is even worse. It's worse. It's much worse than the Warriors. Like the Warriors have four championships. Yes, from that perspective, absolutely. Even, even if they don't win again, mm-hmm. they've done enough. In this era, yeah, they've 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 definitely proven they're they're a dynasty. But yeah, the Suns. It's such a phony fan base and. <laughs> Uh, just uh, it was fun that one year being on them, but other than that, they're they're definitely not a they're they're it's kind of like it's kind of like Philly in a way. I think they're well, they're more talented than Philly, but they're kind of a kind of a gutless team. Mostly DeAndre Aiden, I, oh, he's he, so soft. Yeah. <laughs> I, I question I, I them bringing I saw, him back. I saw, and... I saw this tweet where you know the Pacers they. Uh, you know, supposedly signed DeAndre Aiden, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Phoenix matched that. And I saw that. Uh, wow, this is the greatest day in Pacers history. <laughs> <laughs> it w- that that Phoenix uh-huh. matched the contract because that would have been that would have been pretty bad for. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a really good player, but he just there, there's just something missing with him. I was surprised yeah, that I, Phoenix brought him back, and I'm not surprised that there's a little bit of buyer's remorse there. And uh, I mean, Chris Paul also couldn't get on the court, and, and Chris Paul just can't stay healthy. No, no, and I, I, they need to do something. I think if they can turn Chris Paul into several other players, then Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker sucked in Game Six. I, I was going like, to say Booker still and awesome. KD. I wouldn't. Booker was KD, like the best KD player in the Booker playoffs up until the I'm last not, game. I'm not moving those guys. No, but but I would. Th- I would definitely want to move Aiden if I yeah, could. Aiden and Paul, and then Chris like, Paul. I'm. Chris Paul, I'm kind of back and forth on, but he'd be, but you know, he's never won either. No, no, he hasn't. He's and probably he can't stay healthy. He can't, so if you can get something good f- for him, then I wouldn't. Mind. I wouldn't. I'd be open. Probably to be more difficult to move, given yeah, his because age he's in his and, like mid to late thirties now. Yeah. Uh huh. But like, well, DeAndre Aiden is still technically in his prime, but uh-huh. he's just not good. No, and I, change of scenery could maybe be. Like that, that to me should be a reason that a team they moved do the, it, they but. moved on from the coach. Did yeah? Did, didn't him and Monty not have a good relationship? No, you're right. They did not have a good relationship. So maybe that, maybe maybe that has something to do. Like, with why it. would you choose Aiton over Williams? Like, I I don't I don't get that. Either. I don't think that Monty Williams is a fantastic coach. Like, I it goes back to the argument in the NBA. It's like hyping coaches up when players do too great. I think that's the Monty Williams effect. Yeah, here. I think he was fine. I don't I don't think he was. If you really stink, then I get it, but I think he was a fine coach. He made a finals the year that they weren't really expected to make it, and then 
Yeah, it was two years in a row of disappointing game set. Well, game six in this case, but you know what I mean. Yeah, losing two at playoff, home, home, home uh-huh. playoff losses in like devastating fashion. Yeah, like just losing by not even 30 showing plus up. Points. Yeah, down thirty points at halftime, back to back years. How does that happen? I, I think that is a reason to say okay, changes need to be made. But I feel like this loss is more about Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, literally Chris Paul and DeAndre, and not showing up. Whereas. Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, and you know the the Nuggets did like that. I think Denver is the Nuggets are our deep team. Yeah, they they are they're a deep team. They're a legitimate team, and I think that like this kind of proves that okay, that they're when they have talent healthy, when they have Jamal Murray, when they have Michael Porter Jr. Toss them in with Nikola Jokic, they are maybe the best team in basketball, and they could very easily be the last team standing at this point. Uh, I think that I, I would pick Denver over the Lakers. Uh, you know, I, I think that just overall, like the Nuggets are a, the best team in the West. And then I'm I'm going to root for Denver. Definitely, I, I'm rooting I, you, for. You Denver. know me with Jokic. Uh-huh. I, I I love. Yeah, Jokic. no, I'm I'm rooting I'm, for I'm Denver. Definitely for a Jokic sure. over Embiid guy. But then, <laughs> I, like even in the but, NBA Finals, like with the Nuggets and the Celtics, they play. I like yeah, the Celtics got. There I think last the Celtics year, are it, the best and deepest team left, but. I think the Nuggets have the second deepest team. Yeah, I'm going with the Lakers because I think my my thing with the NBA is that it's always rigged and <laughs> and and I think I think uh with the NBA like they're going to do they're going they're going to want Celtics Lakers. <laughs> So, yeah, as uh, you can tell as listeners, something went wrong there. Um, we started recording this on Monday night, and I said it from the beginning. I was having issues with my computer and figured it was maybe only a matter of time before something blew up. And I think uh, we were just in the middle of it. You were talking, and then all of a sudden I was gone and <laughs> never came back. <laughs> <laughs> talking about how, like, computer is about to blow up. It sounds like my car. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what what happened with that? Well, I just brought it over for inspection, um, but I've mentioned to you and others multiple times in the past multiple years that that the AC or the there's something wrong with the car engine, like heating it, heating mm-hmm. up uh, from time to time. But like, wh- why I brought it today was just an inspection. That's all. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's why you're getting that. Um, BMW in twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ten years later. Yeah, I'm getting a BMW soon. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, anyway, we were like, so we we were getting through most of NBA. Um, I did have to use like a a backup recording just for like a brief moment when we were talking about Monty Williams getting fired. So I was like, I feel like we needed to say something. I didn't want to completely cut it out. Uh, it was kind of an artistic effect, like a little foreshadowing that something was about to go wrong. But here we are. It's now Wednesday, two days later. Uh, we were talking about Nuggets Lakers the day before game one was happening. Now we can jump back into it after game one has already happened. And uh, the so the, the Nuggets end up pulling out this series or this this first game of the series, uh, 124, 132 to 126. Looked like they were in good shape for most of this one. I think they were up 18 at halftime. Nikola Jokic, awesome. Triple-double, 31 points, 21 rebounds, 14 assists. But Lakers almost came all the way back. I think it was a one-possession game late in the fourth. Denver ended up holding on. But how are you feeling about this one now that 
game one is over. Denver is up one to nothing in the series. So I've I've always liked the Nuggets, but I've at the same time I've never I've never taken them seriously enough as a title contender because they year after year they always have a very solid regular season led by Jokic being a MVP candidate and two-time MVP winner and maybe should have been three-time <laughs> because <laughs> after that game one and other great games he's had, a lot of people have been saying, oh, who's the real MVP this year? It's still Jokic and it's not Embiid. And so I've always liked, I, I've always liked Jokic like, and, and that's why I've kind of always liked the Nuggets, but I've always questioned their ceiling. But after seeing, you know, game one and, and other games in the past, like, uh, verse, especially versus Phoenix, uh, the way they blew them out. I'm I'm taking them more seriously as a title contender, and I I've always believed that they're the deeper team compared to the Lakers. But I, I always just think like, oh, the NBA is going to want the 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 marquee matchup Celtics Lakers and uh, the Nuggets. Even though they're a great story, uh, they'll probably flame out at some point. But even though with the struggles in the fourth quarter and almost blowing that lead. Uh, I, I think Denver has a real shot of making the finals. I'm still gonna pick the Lakers, but I definitely question it a little bit more now. Especially even though the Lakers made that comeback, so I'm not saying the Lakers are like dead. They definitely made some adjustments in that second half. I don't think. Uh, look, Jokic was much better in the first half, and then the, the Lakers made that adjustment of putting uh, how do you pronounce his name, Rui Hachimura on him. Yeah, Rui Hachimura. Hachimura uh-huh. on him. I don't. I don't look at him as the Jokic stopper. It's like it'd be like Deli or Delavadova being the Curry <laughs> stopper. I just don't think that's uh-huh. realistic. But it did work for a time, and uh, let's see if that if that trend continues into the series or not. But I don't. Know, it's gonna be a lot of offense. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it seems like. I mean, the Lakers had throughout the playoffs, they've been so successful because of their defense, being able to limit you know Memphis and Golden State. Weren't able to do that for the most part in this one, especially in the first half. I think what Denver had seventy-two at halftime in this one, so uh, they did they did make some adjustments late. Uh, I think there's two ways to look at it. One can be okay, the Nuggets got up to this big lead. Lakers were probably affected by the altitude, but they made the adjustment in the second half. Now they're ready to come out and they're gonna grab control of the series. Or you can just look at it from the Denver had a lead. They started to blow it. They faced adversity, and they still were able to pull this one out. And that, I think, is it's, it would have been really devastating for the Nuggets if they lost this game. You know, one thought I had going into this series was um, the Nuggets didn't necessarily need to win both games one and two at home, but they'd be in a lot of trouble if they, they dropped they would one have been of them. Or at least. Big trouble if they lost the way they did. Yes, last night if, it would have been really big a, trouble. After after already having basically what a twenty point lead, mm-hmm. I don't know how how high it got, but it was it was. Yeah, I think it did get it was, to twenty okay. at least. It was but. it was in the high teens at least, and so if they were to blow mm-hmm. that, that would have been pretty bad, especially at home. Yep, and that not saying that like oh it's over for them, it just puts you in a really tough spot. Yeah, exactly, and that that would have been my mindset, especially given how well the Lakers have played at home to this point i mean they they are six and oh in the playoffs at home both both those first two series they won game one and then they went back to la one to one and were up three to one at that point and it was close to an insurmountable lead so i think denver winning game two would go a long way i don't think they actually absolutely have to win game two but 
they're going to need to win in LA at some point, I think, to you know really feel good about themselves. And um, well, they don't have to. Interesting they, to see where things go. Home. They technically don't. They, <laughs> they could, could win, win all four home games game at home, and but still win the series. I know. I know what you I, mean. I'm just busting your balls. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, and I I, I think uh, that that is kind of the the mindset I have. I, and I, I I was ready to question Denver just going into that Phoenix series, being like, all right, now it's time for them to finally lose, and they came away, you know, obviously victories in that one and in six games. So I think that after that is why I start to really take Denver seriously. So, um, so as much as game one was a, you know, a big story of last night, uh, you know, it is one game of a seven game series and the bigger story in the NBA is probably the rest of the regular season. You know, half the teams are going for the playoffs, but a lot of teams were trying to be the worst as possible so they can improve their odds of landing Victor Wembanyama with the number one overall pick. We had the draft lottery last night, and in the end, the San Antonio Spurs are going to have the number one overall pick. And uh, I think just based on a, a quick text you sent me, it seems like you're you're pretty much a big fan of how things turned out. Yeah, I, I mean, I I always think the draft is rigged, and <laughs> kind of think that again. Just just given that you know Wembanyama has the 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 France connection with you know Tony Parker <laughs> like Tony, yeah, Tony Parker, Parker a former Spurs and is also from uh from the same country and yeah it looks like uh so it's wild I saw a tweet that says it's wild to think Boris Diaw is the president of some uh French team I yeah whatever pass. team then, he plays for and then Tony uh-huh. Parker is the ma- majority owner of another team and those that's two of the three teams that Victor Wembanyama has played for so you got former sport Spurs oh, okay. both from the same country and it's like this sets up so well for him especially Popovich mm-hmm. is there and he's coached two Hall of Fame big men and and Robinson and Duncan it's like it makes too much sense for yep. Wembenyama uh to you know end up a spur <laughs> like I it, it wouldn't have made sense yeah. uh if, if he ended up in <laughs> basically any other team like Charlotte yeah, Charlotte Portland, I, I would have yeah, hated Detroit, that Detroit Charlotte yeah. uh-huh yeah, I think San Antonio going into it, just given that I didn't have really any team that I would absolutely want him to go to or anyone I absolutely did not want him to go to, given the top of the lottery, San Antonio was the one who I was like, I think I would like him to go yeah, there it, the most. It was, A lot of it is just Greg Popovich. You can trust him. You can trust that this potentially special talent is going to reach his ceiling under Coach Bob. If, if, if someone like that ended up in, okay, these teams weren't in the lottery, but uh, markets like... Boston, New York, LA, just na- just some sort of big market. Like, I, like, Chicago, I don't think that maybe. helps him with you know just having that much of a spotlight on someone as freakishly big and talented as him. But if you put him in San Antonio, even though yes they've been a great basketball organization, that's it's still San Antonio and it's and it's not as big of a market. It, I think that helps. It's a it's a sneaky big it's sneaky city. B- Big but, and small. I don't know. You know what I mean. Like it's, uh-huh. it's not the biggest no, I like get New it. York or anything. Yeah, they're they're the only team. Yeah, and it, of course it's it's still it's San Antonio. It's when you think of Texas, you think of Dallas and Houston. San Antonio is usually the third city, right. if if even that. You just sometimes put Austin above them. So, yeah, I mean, I I think I kind of understand that. To me, I'm just looking more of the history of the Spurs with the number right, one the overall history, picks, like, Robinson of... and Duncan, and then the international ties. You know, between Parker and Manu Ginobili. I know different country, but still, which is why I think he was destined like to be a Spurs. Which is there. why I think it was rigged. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I I think it's fair, but I think that's one where like I'm okay with no, it. I'm, I have I am no, too. no issues like, with it. Uh, 
So. My favorite thing about the NBA, or my least favorite thing about the NBA is that it's rigged, but my favorite thing about the NBA is that it's rigged. <laughs> it's simultaneously my least and favorite. Least favorite and favorite thing about the NBA is that they make sure uh, some players end up in the right place. <laughs> yeah, so from there, Charlotte picks two, Portland picks three. The Trailblazers are already saying they're open to trading the third overall pick to potentially help Damian Lillard, we'll see what happens with that. I'm kind of back and forth on how they should do it, whether it should be keep Lillard, trade the pick, or I think Lillard is awesome, Lillard but it's just pick. the same thing with Portland every single year. Just They're just a fine team. They reached their ceiling, which was the West Finals and getting blown out in the West Finals. That's, <laughs> that was their yeah, ceiling. That's, that's how I look at it as well. So I, I would like to see him go somewhere else, and I think Portland... I mean, just look at what the Thunder did. They trade uh, both Paul George and Russell Westbrook, and now look where they are with all these picks, all this young talent. They're in a position where they're kind of knocking I, I on getting see, back to contender status. I want to see Lillard on a contending team, and I want to – I'd rather – I don't know. I just It's just the same thing every, every year with them. So just turn the page, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think that's what I'd rather see them do, but – I think it's best for both know. sides. If they, if they I think it would on. be too. I think I think Portland they're still they're still holding on to him uh, a little too much at this it's point. Like, it's I like, think it's it really depends. What could you Beal. get for the third like, pick? It's just so. the same thing that you're not gonna win if it's just your one singular star and then just a, a bunch of role players on your team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they're they're basically the same exact situation. Both of them found themselves in the lottery, and I mean even if Portland makes a move, I don't know that they're doing anything more than just getting themselves into playoff contender status again. Like I don't think that there's anything they could do to become a championship team this off season. Or so ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Maybe ever. <laughs> so. Um, anyway, talking about the N- NBA draft lottery potentially being rigged, there's a lot of thought about the NHL draft lottery also being rigged. I know we're going back a week here, but let's kind of move into hockey now. Chicago Blackhawks get the Connor, or the number one overall pick and the rights to presumably take Connor Bedard, who is seen as a generational talent in the same likes of uh, Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, or former Blackhawk Patrick Kane. And it seems like pretty much Everybody outside of Chicago hates that the Blackhawks got the number one pick. Well, yeah, because they've been they've been really good for so long. Well, I mean, these past few years they've sucked, but there was a stretch for about a decade where they were so good. Mm-hmm. And you can also factor in that you know that horrible stuff with Kyle Beach and yeah, that, like that's all yeah. that's stain on their organization and that yeah, it it kind of sucks in that way that they're getting rewarded uh, with a with a player like that. But I also think it's rigged because a player like that should not end up with a team like the Coyotes or whatever. Yeah, put, Columbus, Anaheim. Yeah, like put them, put them in a real market. So I'm, I, I understand people's frustration, but I also, I'm for it too. <laughs> no. So that's one where I think like from the, just Bedard to Chicago, Sure, no issue with that. My thing is the fact that the NHL basically let the Blackhawks get away with a scandal that was of the likes of like a Jerry Sandusky. I was Sandusky just, at just Penn about State. to say that, like Jerry Sandusky level. No, no, not, maybe not that level. Like it, that one's much. That one's. I don't know. It wasn't worse, like that but, bad, but, but it's it's bad. <laughs> uh-huh. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I mean, this is a case like they were the Blackhawks were covering up sexual assault and, of and, like, and a Kyle teenager. Beach. I listened to an inter. 
I've I've listened to it multiple times, but I listened to it once uh, recently, and he, listening to it, he talked about how he he believes that all the players knew, and it's just like that. That yeah, it sounds like a. I don't I don't love hearing the that. whole organization. Yeah, it's it's not just like the head coach and the GM got fired. All right, that's good. Two million dollar fine. That's nothing to an NHL franchise. The Coyotes lost a first round pick for what doing some like extra testing at the combine of players and the Blackhawks didn't get that. That's... People complain about the Astros and their punishment. At least they lost a couple of draft picks out of it. Blackhawks said nothing like that happened to them. So I think that's a frustrating thing is that this is a pick that probably shouldn't belong to Chicago regardless of where it fell. It just happens to be number one overall in a year with a talent that is seen as like a can't miss could easily be one of the best players, if not the best player in the league in a matter of time. Yeah, so I, I I have mixed feelings, but ultimately I'm glad he's on a team that matters. And that's a fair way to look I, I, at it. I would have totally hated if he ended that. up like on the, the Ducks or whatever. I, mean, uh-huh. I, I look I, the only thing I like about the Ducks is the the movie, <laughs> the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, and they're not the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, anymore, I know. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I I get it. I understand both sides of it uh i think more of the human side is where i'm coming at it but you know if this was the columbus blue jackets who had this happen to them and and also gotten the number one pick then it, it would be really bad oh, Whereas, it'd, be, it'd be terrible at least you it, have like the silver line it's, it's it's still terrible Chicago, either so. way but yep I, I get the human side of it because yeah it, yeah it and feels, i think it, it also bad. sucks it feels terrible uh-huh. but I think it sucks because, like, this could be something that could be, like, somewhat of a stain on Bedard's career. Like, people could potentially just root against him because of Chicago, which I think is, you know, kind of an unfortunate way to look at a great player like that. But um, that it, I feel like that has to be something. That I, would, would, I don't know if I go that be, far. Like, he, he, he wasn't on the team. When I wouldn't, that. but I get it from other people. Like, if they're like, I want to root against the Blackhawks, I want to see him fail because, you know, as punishment from the NHL like however you look at it so but i mean i don't think there's any issue with him playing for the blackhawks and as like a player as a person i think it's really just the organization it's it's kind of an unfortunate situation how it all played out uh yeah i I, i'm not i don't love it either but i get it yeah i I will will say though uh one thing to mention and it kind of ties into the rest of the hockey conversation did you even know the lottery was on like so you you knew the NBA lottery was on, like yes. it was a bit. Uh-huh. The thing with the NBA is that, you know, th- it's like this big event where like there are all these seats and and it was, you know, they let they really let you know like what the day is, what the time is, and everything. And they play all this music, yep. uh, suspense, suspenseful music in the background. It's always right before it's like always, the big and it's right game, before like the playoff. Like, the NHL one, I had no idea. Like until <laughs> I forgot it was happening. Like I was, it was one of those things. Where I remember looking it up, being like, "Oh, this is happening on this day," and I forgot it was happening until I got the ESPN alert saying the Blackhawks won the number one. The, well, the reason I bring it up is so. that. I hate that hockey's on ESPN. It's it's just it's it sucks that it's on because ESPN doesn't give a shit about hockey. No, no, they. I mean, that feels like a good transition. And talking about the second round, yeah. I was a big fan when the ESPN deal happened because I was like, okay, ESPN's going to care about hockey. They're going to do whatever they can to build up the product. They have not done that at <gasps> all, and you end up with you, Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers playing at 10 p.m. on a Sunday night in a game six of a Carl Ravage had to had to announce the first minute of the game. Uh, he's announcing yeah. the Red Sox Cardinals game 
Which was a blowout. Which was a, a useless one. blowout of a game. Uh, and and then you have this big playoff game, game six of a of a series between arguably the two teams with the most juice left, the Oilers and Golden Knights. Yeah, I mean, in terms... <laughs> and at, at he has to call the at, goal. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it, it, it's insane. You have the best player in the league on one side. You have, like, this story from you know Vegas, already a big city on its own. Everything with the Golden Knights playoff run. Like, these are two really great teams out west, and they're just buried in this time slot that is just so unfavorable for anyone of these it sucks that it's on espn because like one i had no idea it was on and when when they played it i don't know i don't know if you heard this but kevin weeks he actually accidentally announced like who the third pick was but it didn't show it on the board it's like uh, he's not a host he's an analyst but they made him the host and it's just like espn really could have handled that so much better Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just made it seem like the whole thing was rigged just from the broadcast, yeah. like let alone the outcome. So, <laughs> which I'm, it's not his fault, but it's just it, just it's just an example of ESPN really not doing a good enough job of making hockey yeah. a big thing. And and now you have now you have four teams left, right? It's now the oh, conference man, finals it's, in the uh, East and West, and you have the the Stars, the Golden Knights, the Hurricanes, and the Panthers. Four teams that are all warm weather climate yep all from the south <laughs> all from the south <laughs> and really none of them are big hockey markets i think vegas is they're the team that has the most they've, juice left but those they've other turned three, it's like, into man, a... i if you're look i will watch i'm a hard i'm, yeah, a, I'm a big hockey fan especially playoff mm-hmm. in the playoffs but if you're not if you're casual you're NHL, not gonna give a shit about it it's a it's a horrible situation you have you know no boston no toronto none of the right. new york teams they all made the playoffs none of them got there no chicago and then from star players you don't have a mcdavid you don't have a crosby and oveshkin right. a mccarr like you don't have anything yeah you, yeah right none of those guys so like i mentioned earlier <laughs> who's the biggest player left like who who is the biggest player uh, probably it, jason robertson like you know had a, he had this great season and what I like about him, what we both share in common is that we, we we're both half Filipino and we both have super white names for half Filipinos. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Jason Robertson, like I know who he is, but you wouldn't, I, I but tend... you wouldn't recognize him if you walked past him. No, if if I hear the name Jason Robinson, I'd be like, oh, he's like a relief pitcher in Major League Baseball. <laughs> yeah. or, you know, he's like an offensive lineman. Like he's not a yeah, name so, that yeah, so, I so, like. Oh yeah, he plays for the Dallas Stars. Yeah, not, uh, I mean, Phil Kessel might be the most noteworthy name left play. in the playoffs and. Yeah, but right. yeah, Jason it's, Robertson. That's, that really does sound like a like offensive lineman for the the Cowboys or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and it it's just like I I agree. I think it's good hockey when it comes down to it. I think like the Stars and the Golden Knights. These you talk about the bubble. Yeah, another bubble in the NBA. Yeah. They played in the in the NHL bubble, and I thought they put together a really good series in that one. And I think that these are two teams that are kind of been knocking on the door of potentially winning a cup for. A little while now, looking at the East, like you know, the Hurricanes and the Panthers are oh, two teams brutal. that are unlike us. Oh, that's so yeah, brutal. Uh, Stars, <laughs> Golden Knights is not that bad. Uh, Hurricanes, Panthers is as bad as it gets. At least for me, at least in my opinion, because you got you know Hurricanes, 
they don't really have a lot of star players. I mean, they kind of do, but no, three. Well, three of their, their best, best players, players are, are out. Savetchnikov <laughs> like is yeah. Between Savetchnikov, Teravine, and Patriotti, none of them have been playing at all. I mean, it, the Hurricanes Which dominated is great the Devils. For them. They good still for them, goals, but, but it's still yeah. It is one of those. It's good for like that fan base. I know a lot of very passionate Hurricanes fans that are very excited that their team is in the Eastern Conference Finals, but as a whole, the country doesn't care. No. And then Carolina. Florida, their own fans don't care. They don't, yeah, <laughs> I'm, wa- they, I'm watching like they, these Bruins, Florida Panthers playoff games, and I hear "Let's go Bruins," and I'm like, "Is this a just like the whole crowd? Is this a home is, yeah, game? All what, Boston, what all Toronto, right? They like wouldn't sell tickets outside of you know the the Florida area. Look, it, it, look, yeah, I I don't like the Maple Leafs. I'm definitely a hater, and it's it's part of me is like this is fun to see them lose the way they do every year. But then part of me's like, you know, it'd been so much cooler if if they were still in if because that's were, a yeah. that's a real it's a real fan base that's a real mark hockey oh, market yeah. and yeah very very passionate you know if you had like look look it's it's like what I said earlier what's my favorite and least favorite thing but really the favorite thing about the NBA is that it's rigged and they'll make sure that <laughs> yeah. you know you have these great matchups like look at the current one right now you got LeBron Jokic and then on the East you got. Jimmy Butler and Tatum, and then even the round before that, LeBron versus Steph, and you got uh, Tatum versus Embiid, and Jokic versus Durant. It's like they, you know, they have the stars, the star power, and they 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 give these great matchups. But in the NHL, yeah, I think part of that is just NBA. Yeah, in the general, NBA in general having more stars in the NHL. But, but it's like if the NHL, you know, if they, if they handled things the way the NBA did. It would be McDavid versus McKinnon, and then you'd have Bruins versus Rangers, and you'd have like that alone. People are gonna care and watch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, you could have like so many bigger teams, bigger names, and we're just left with. Oh, it's it's so. So. I'm rooting for Vegas because they're the team that's been knocking on the door. I like Mm -hmm. Bruce Cassidy. I don't. I don't care what anyone says. I I thought he was. I actually forgot he was their coach. I I thought he did a great job as their coach. I think he was wrong uh i think it was wrong that they let him go and he's kind of proving it right now it was once he was let go i'm like and vegas had a open head coaching job i'm like he's gonna go there and he's gonna go prove the bruins wrong uh for letting him go and that's exactly what's happening right now and i like they're mm. my pick now i mean i had him in the final uh this whole time but now i definitely think yeah. they're gonna win and that's I'm, I'm not saying it's a lock because the other three teams are very solid, but I I do think uh, I do think Vegas is the best team left. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think I, I mean I, I'm definitely rooting for Vegas. Like they've always been. Well, since they became a team, they've they been have my the most juice of anyone I, left. It's just like the, those other three teams. It's man, I do not care. <laughs> like yeah, Florida, no, look, Florida is, is obviously better than I gave them credit for. Um, and they play the Matthew they play Truk, the right way. Big name. I, they, they, mm-hmm. they are a good team. They're fun to watch. But I, like, part of me is, is just salty that they, they beat the Bruins. It's like, man, the Bruins uh-huh. really should still be in this thing, and it sucks. But yeah, no, I totally but the get other that. Thing, but I guess the thing I hate the most is just like, man, they. Where do the Panthers play? Like, they're the Florida Panthers. Sunrise, <laughs> Sunrise, Florida, outside of Miami. How, it's how in Miami Dade County. Miami is that? Uh, that's a good question. Let me look it up. I, I'm pretty sure well, it's this is, Miami. This proves Dave my County, point, though, but... right? Like you don't really, uh-huh. you don't really know where they play. <laughs> yeah, well, they they were in Miami when they first became a franchise, but then they got a new arena. So yeah, they're in Sunrise, and 
uh, Google Maps is not showing Miami for some reason here, so I think it's close. But, Isn't it crazy though that there are two eight seed, quote unquote, eight seeds in the state of Florida, or really the Miami area? The, really, both in Miami. Hockey yeah, it's, and it's a 50, and both, fifty-one minute they're drive both in from the, Miami proper. They're both the Heat and the Panthers are in the conference finals, and people probably don't give a shit down there. <laughs> like, it, like, think back to the Final Four. Both Miami and Florida Atlanta, oh, that the too. same thing. Oh they both God. made it to the final four. <laughs> it was probably neither. Yeah, neither of them really got a whole lot of love from their, you know, the area. I, I would assume they didn't care. It's just not like a the college city. basketball tournament last year's Duke, North Carolina, Villanova, Kansas. Like, man, like these are the marquee teams. But like, yeah, Miami and then Florida Atlantic. It's just, yeah, <laughs> that's not. It, see, in the NHL. It, You'll have a lot of really competitive rounds, like the first couple rounds, like a lot of competitive series. But then once it gets to the final four, uh, especially in a year like this, it's just like, man, you're not going to have uh, like marquee names and, and teams. But in the NBA, it's the opposite where where the first round or two is usually – well, maybe not this year. This year has been a little bit better. But usually it sucks. It's, you just want to fast forward, mm-hmm. and then you get the big names in the, in the, yeah. the last one. Yeah, the I know. Once you – you weed out some of those bottom teams, but yeah, it, the NBA it has definitely been more like. See, there's see, there's bias wanna... for us because we're Celtics fans. Uh, but even so, it's like the, the these are the teams you want to see for the most part. While in hockey, yeah, in, in hockey, it's like man, McDavid, Matthews are already out. The Bruins, the Rangers, the the Avalanche. Like I think all the the mm-hmm. best ones. In, at least in everyone, most people's opinions are already gone, and you have these, like just these, these the the rest of the league now, the teams that are left. It's just like whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. I think it's it's kind of unfortunate for the NHL, and it's not really going to do anything to attract the casual fan. So. Um. Anyway, I guess uh, you know we'll we'll see how the series play out. <laughs> Hopefully, they're more entertaining, at least as hockey fans, than we're making them out to be. Oh, I'm sorry. Was um, I, were we supposed to break down every? Oh, like, what'd you think of that no, Hurricanes I mean, Devils uh, five game series? What'd you think of that? The, like, no, no. The Devils suck. Like that was after they beat the Rangers. Like the way they did, I was like, man, this team's scary. And then they just go out and give up five goals every single game like i don't know what happened there but they just got you know completely wiped off the floor almost or the rank every single night so we almost had another expansion team make the final too (laughs) we did i know kraken that's another cool story i guess with uh them them going to the second round this proves my point right here that like it was much better to talk about uh like the state of hockey than 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 like breaking yeah, then like the actual that we don't really <laughs> or that we're not super uh-huh. paying attention paying attention to uh with the Bruins being out and the Penguins not even making it. Yeah, I know. I'm like more interested in the Penguins GM search. I mean, <laughs> there's there's been a lot of crazy names. Like Peter Shirelli is one that's been thrown out there. Oh my god, there. no. Not, no, yeah, no. like how does how does he get in the, the door? The second that but uh, I have always hated the Tyler Sagan trade. The second that uh-huh. happened, I knew it was going to be a bad one. And look, Sagan's not—he's just a guy now in Dallas. But yeah. even still, but he might win a—he might win a cup. He might. For, he almost did in twenty. Yeah. And he was—he was a jag then too. He's been—he's been really mediocre <laughs> of a player these uh-huh. past few years. But when they made that trade, 
for a time he was yeah oh he, he was, was he was great he was lethal wow the well wow, louis yeah. erickson was was like uh, just a guy mm-hmm. yeah so anyway i think with that we can wrap up our hockey talk and you know until the next episode and let's uh get ready to you know finally wrap up this one two days later with some nfl schedule release talk so uh, you know, we, we finally got our schedule come out. I'm always excited when it does. Like, it's it's fun to know, like, you know who the matchups are, but it's fun to know when games will be played. Start kind of looking ahead, doing, like, your predictions of how everything might play out. Uh, let's start off by talking about the Patriots schedule. And my initial thought was that I was going to talk about the first four games because I just remember seeing those and be like, wow, the, the Patriots schedule is really tough to get started. And then I like looked through the rest of the schedule, and it's brutal. <laughs> Just yeah, everyone they have they a play tough schedule. How some of these align? Yeah, the, the Patriots. I think they improved their roster a little, but I do too. But the their division is tougher now, and their schedule yep. is going especially to, with Rogers. Their schedule is brutal <laughs> this year. Like they have, they have they open up versus the Eagles, <laughs> like at home, uh-huh. and, and versus Jalen Hurts the. You know the the reigning NFC champs, and then, and then they have the Dolphins. Who look look they they typically split with the Dolphins always winning at home, and the Patriots vice versa. So like they always win at home versus the Dolphins, but like that's still a tough matchup if two as long as two is healthy. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean Miami's they added more pieces to try to get better. And then you're on the road versus the Jets with Rodgers, and uh, you can certainly question what their ceiling is, but. I think the Jets are past the Patriots uh, with with Rodgers there. And then that's on the road. And then the next game is uh, on the road uh, versus Dallas. <laughs> like, like, look, Dallas is typically going to choke in the playoffs like they do every year. But in the regular season, uh, they're, they're still a really good team, even without mm-hmm. some key players. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, and I didn't even go through the rest of the schedule. I'm not going to go through every game, but, oh, it, but it's like – no, it's really tough. They play the just, like, AFC West, it, so. and they play the NFC yep. East, and like those are basically Both. all eight teams are good. Maybe yeah, outside I mean, the, the Commanders. NFC East almost they almost sent four teams to the playoffs. Yeah, I'm down on the Commanders this year, but you know, last year they did almost get into the playoffs, and then yeah, the AFC West wasn't as great. No, the as AFC we West was basically even with all the changes, it was literally the same thing. Where the Chiefs are the the top of the division, the Chargers are a solid team that make the playoffs and then just choke in their own way. <laughs> and then the Broncos yeah. and Raiders were just not great. Uh-huh. But I, yeah, and I those still are the two that the Patriots are, play on the road. Maybe not the Broncos. Their Broncos are really bad, but they have a, they have a head Payton coach that has make a clue. Interesting. At least I think he does yeah. still. So <laughs> that's still a Matt. It's, it, there are no more locks for the Patriots. Like every year when no. the Brady era, it's like, all right, like they're going to smoke this team and that team and that team. Now every single, pretty much every single game on the schedule, I I, I don't know if, if, like I would give the other team a shot. Like I'm not saying that the Patriots are going to go 0 and 17 or anything, but there are no yeah. more locks in their, on their schedule. So I don't know what book ESPN uses. I, I'm just looking at the app, but I think it's Caesars. They have the Patriots projected based on every game's line, which of course is going to change a ton as the season actually plays out. Right. At four eleven and one with no line on the week eighteen game wow. for any of these, and yeah, I and the, I was the biggest on the Patriots. <laughs> their biggest spread is a four point 
favorite at home against the I was going to say the command like nine. if if you were to ask me who's the lock I would have said commanders or Colts. The yep. Colts is yeah, the, I mean, and the Colts is the in Colts Germany. Is in Germany so. and they're playing uh-huh. I'd imagine it'll be Richardson, a rookie quarterback, you know, Belichick versus rookie quarterbacks that he has a good track mm-hmm. record against. So I would have said one or the other, one of those two. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, those two and then at home against the Saints in week five, on the road against the Raiders in week six, which compared to the first four games feels like a reprieve. But at the same time, Saints picked up Derek Carr. Like they're a team that has, they've always flirted with being good to great. Right. And, and then the Raiders, I don't know. I mean, they could be they great. Might have Michael Thomas back finally. I don't know. Uh, and then Olave was. Their defense still has some pieces. Right. Yeah. I mean, I. I, I don't think either of those are gimmies no, like by any the, means. The Commanders so. might be the only gimme, or maybe Colts, because, mm-hmm. I don't know, they dominate the Colts. Uh, or at least, I mean, at least since Peyton was, wasn't was wasn't there now, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, they're just, there aren't any more <laughs> locks, or, like, there aren't enough locks. Like, it used to be, like, uh-huh. there could be, like, a, you know, at least half dozen, like, maybe reaching towards double digits where I'm like, this, this game's going to be a joke. And like I'm just waiting for just, you know a couple matchups that might be mm-hmm. big tests for them, but and then they'll they'll lose a couple surprises. But <laughs> now, I, yeah, I'm not looking for, for an 11 and one though. That's that's uh, that. I I think they'll be better than that. I think they're gonna win some of those games. They're probably well, some there, there teams are 17 there. games in the season too. Yeah, I know. So it, it didn't include uh, a spread on week 18. Oh, but. okay. Yeah, for whatever reason, that's the only one that they don't have any type that's, of point really spread bad. on. So I, I, I would have had them as a, I would have them as a seven, ten, eight, nine, at least for now. Which I, um, I, I, which I think is reasonable. I think they're better than last year, but the schedule is way harder. Right. So. That's why I have them basically the same as what they were last year. Even though they're they have a new offensive coordinator and they've added some new pieces on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. which is nice so like they've improved he- like on their roster yes on paper but but when you fact but they're also gonna have a hard harder schedule like that yep. that doesn't give me any give me much hope yeah no that's always frustrating i think like with the Steelers last year i thought they were better than the team you know in big bends last year but the schedule was much harder and it ended up being a little easier down the stretch able to pull out some wins and finish nine and eight which wasn't that much of a drop-off but it was like a similar type of situation where i was like i think that the Steelers are a better team but the schedule is hard enough that i don't know that they'll actually be better record-wise so um and i guess just looking at the Steelers schedule it's much more favorable instead of the AFC West, AFC South, which is probably the worst division in uh, at least in on the AFC side. And then instead of the NFC East, the NFC West, which at times has been great, but the Rams and the Cardinals look like they're both in a rebuild still and probably won't be all that great this year. So um, Steelers have a week six bye, which is early, but I think that kind of sets up those first five games to really figure out what this team is going to be like because finally have a home game first time the Steelers play at home in week one since 2014 and it's against the 49ers so offensive line improved but we'll find out right away how much uh going up against against that defensive line one of the best if not the best defensive line Mm -hmm. one thing I forgot to mention about the the Patriots yeah sure Uh so twice they get Josh Allen twice Aaron Rodgers twice Tua and then Mahomes Hurts Herbert (laughs) <laughs> and, and like Dak, basically all the best it's just uh-huh. like 10, 10 games you're gonna have 
basically uh, either elite or, you know, v- sort of high tier. Uh, maybe like two is a little bit lower than those guys, but you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah, and I mean last elite, year they played a bunch of backup quarterbacks. So. Uh huh. Yeah. No, and it, it just makes it even scarier just, you know, seeing some of those offenses. But, yeah, so Steelers play the 49ers. I don't know who's going to be the Niners quarterback. That, that, it, that's what I was just about to say, but, though. At least the Niners, like, uh-huh. their, their QB situation, even though they're one of the best teams in the league, like their QB situation is really questionable. Like, I, I, yeah. I hate hearing these, like, oh, Sam Darnold is, like, one of the best throws of the football this organization's had in, a, like, in a forever, like, you mean the the team that's had <laughs> Joe Montana and Steve Young and a few other good quarterbacks? Like, man, like if, if Sam Darnold is supposed to be the savior, I don't I don't know how I feel about that. Hey, I mean, yeah, Ted, it, hey, this is the best team he's ever played for. Like, he, I his, I'm his convinced career. that he could he could take them to the NFC Championship game. Really, any of those three guys, whether it's Purdy, Lance, or Darnold, like I think that all of them are capable of winning as long as the 49ers roster is healthy on you know both sides of the ball around them. I want to see what it so. looks like with Lance. <laughs> like you traded three uh-huh. first round picks for the guy, and he he doesn't like, he, he it's hasn't entirely had an possible he's, he he could totally suck that's entirely mm-hmm. possible but like i would want to see it like i want to sample see- size is way too small he, to know he, he played w- he played one game in the middle of hurricane katrina and then he played like two minutes into the uh, the game versus the seahawks and immediately his his like ankles in a different direction mm-hmm. like yeah like I want to see more. <laughs> yeah, mean, no, I do that. too. It's uh, it's unfortunate. I I still think like I think Brock Purdy is a good quarterback, but I think that he is a, a good story, product of where he is. How, how sustainable is <laughs> uh, that? I, I have no idea. Yeah, and it sucks so, that he got I, hurt I mean, in that game. But look, they, the uh, Eagles probably would have won that game anyway. Yeah, I think they would have as well, especially with the way it played out. Yeah. So, anyway, good test for the Steelers right away in Week One. And then week two at home against the Browns, it could be another situation where, like, I think the Browns are going to be really good, but how – well, I think they can be really good if Deshaun Watson returns to the form he was prior to, you know, everything that happened that right. is the reason why he's in Cleveland right now. Week two feels like early enough in the season that, you know, they're probably still going to be shaking some of that rust off. Uh, but I still think that Cleveland has some good pieces on both sides of the ball there. And then you got the then Raiders, Texans. Raiders, Ravens. I know. Ra- Raiders, Texans, Ravens. So Raiders are one where like the Steelers have been not great going out west in recent years. I, I agree with you. I don't think the Raiders are that great of a team, but we'll see if Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of the, the missing element He'll still there. be healthy by week three. At least I think he will they be. Should be. He should, they should, he should be. They should yeah. be, He should still be uh, uh, available by week three. <laughs> yep. Yep, and then Houston is one where like that should be an opportunity for the Steelers to come away with a big win, but it is on the road. Could be a potential trap game before Baltimore looms in Week Five, and Steelers Ravens rivalry like it's it's still intense, still defensive battles usually uh, it, on both sides of yeah, the ball. It's, so. it's always gonna be a, like a typical sixteen to thirteen kind of game. Yeah, yeah, right. That's that's like pretty much the average score between those two teams. So anyway, that's going into the bye. I think those first five games will be a good test. You have a mix of really good teams, home and away, you know, a couple teams that don't seem like they should be as good, like should have opportunities to win potentially big because it's a, very much a heart attack team in the recent years. So I think that, after, know, how those first five games go will determine how I feel about this team long term. The games afterwards, 
uh, I'm kind of back and forth on because like okay the the Rams yeah they were Super Bowl champs a couple of years ago but what's Stafford's situation mm-hmm. right now on his health and then yeah, the Jags they've I, traded a lot of guys <laughs> the, the Jags I think are gonna be really good um, I do too and and they it'd be flashbacks to that playoff game I know <laughs> right I get PTSD seeing Jaguars <laughs> at home <laughs> um, uh, Titans that's a winnable game. And, and then Packers, Should they don't be. have Rodgers anymore. Who knows how good Jordan Love will be. So that's, I think, a, mm-hmm. a, as of right now, a winnable game. Yeah. Then back-to-back trips to Ohio. Right. So that'll that'll be a tough one. But, yeah, Cardinals, Patriots, Thursday Night Football, week uh, 14. So that'll be that'll be an interesting one. And then three out of the last four are on the road for the Steelers. So um, ESPN app has them 8-7-1, and one, which is just about that where they were the past right. two seasons. The, so our, Both our teams are... I mean, I mean, I thought I think the Patriots are better than a, I think I don't think they're a four win team. I think <laughs> no, I think they're better. Like, than Jesus, that too. like I thought again. I thought uh, I was low on them, but I'm not that low. Like they, they have a salt. They have a, they're they're a middle of the pack team. <laughs> we'll mm-hmm. see if they can get over the hump and get back to the playoffs or not. But I think both our teams are very similar in, in their own ways and are both yep. in the middle of the middle of the pack. Yeah, both in very good divisions. I think divisional play is going to be the big story for both of our teams because right. if because I mean it, there's both really of like us not went, a bad the, the the AFC East like the AFC East has sucked for so long. It's always been I the, know and the Patriots uh-huh. and then just three teams that are like look occasionally the those all those three teams made the playoffs at some point, but like all three of them were not ever great teams. No, um, they were never a real threat to the Patriots and. So. Look, I, I'm not gonna give the hype like the AFC West of last year because obviously expectations were, uh, in terms of you know, in terms of like what played out, it was definitely worse mm-hmm. than I expected uh, in that division. So I don't want to go that far of the AFC East, but I think all four teams will be like either in the mix or really good. Yeah, they should be as long right. as you know health and other things are still factors. Like the, and like I, the, I think the, the AFC North is the same way. Right. So. And, and like maybe like the Browns are probably like the worst, arguably. But look, if Deshaun Watson returns, Watson, to, I mean, he's if, yeah, he's if, a big if question. If he returns to what he was in Houston, then then you have to watch out for them too. Mm-hmm. So all, yeah, and their best season twenty twenty was probably when they had the lowest expectations, just after their disastrous twenty nineteen season. So and it feels like they're going in with relatively low expectations compared to the past couple of years. So right, but. Yeah, we'll see. It's nice to have a schedule. It's nice to have dates and stuff, have times, know the different networks. So I guess just, you know, looking ahead, the rest of the schedule, we get a lot of good primetime games throughout the season. It looks like a good mix between Sunday night football, Monday night football. That's where they're putting Chiefs Eagles. Thursday night, yeah, we get a Black Friday game this year, Jets Dolphins on Amazon. And then I think the, the big story that the NFL decided to hide for a few days is that peacocks not only gonna have a regular season game in week 16 but they're also gonna have exclusive rights to a playoff game which i'm not a fan uh, who, who, who likes this <laughs> nobody uh-huh. <laughs> unless if you're making money from it uh like the nfl right. I, I i don't know i don't know why people i don't know i don't get it like it, it already sucks enough that some of these games have had like some of the regular season games have you know been on amazon and you have to mm-hmm log in and you watch the game and then you you stream You're it stuck and on the it's app just stuck yeah, right. on the the circle uh, of death and it's just <laughs> it's just such a fr- why can't it all just be on you know cable and why do yeah, we have to, it, 
go through all these streaming services and pay all these things and just i i can't stand it saying it's the the future of sports is you know all the, all the cord cutters like, what's the point like, of having cable then like why don't we just all go to apps then <laughs> yeah i mean but again it, like in the beginning it was like oh you're spending so much money on cable get rid of it but now it's like you need all these different apps all the different streaming sites you're paying the just the same amount of money the only difference is you can like kind of choose when you want to watch something but it's, for live sports it, it kind of sucks yeah, <laughs> like, it, amazon was it was not fun to watch on amazon no, not and, at all. al michaels sounded like he was dead <laughs> like, he, like yeah. he was just dying oh yeah no, the, just didn't want uh, to be there. Um, no and i mean the product was already bad enough with thursday night football so right so like yeah it's already bad enough like thursday night football in general like whatever channel it's on or streaming service like but mm-hmm. the combination of the product on the field and, and and the just it being on a streaming service was just torture yep, yep. I, I just and, uh, i just i hate all these things because i remember one time i wanted to watch a uh, i wanted to watch a golf tournament like the ending of the golf tournament and I wasn't like in front of the TVs, but like I, I had my phone and uh, I, I I was looking through my phone and, and showed like, oh, you can watch for free on this thing. It's like, all right, like I'll click on this I'll, uh, NBC thing. Like, oh, but you have to download the app. OK, I'll download the app. I download the app. Oh, you have to create an account. OK, I'll create an account. <laughs> and then I create uh, the account. Like, oh, you need a password. I put in the password. Oh, but you need the, the password needs to have special characters. Like, all right, right. enough, enough. Yep, <laughs> Stop. Yep. <laughs> and then. And then after I create the the password, the special characters, it's like, oh well, this needs to be hooked up to this. It's just like, just give me the the effing, <laughs> just give me the effing, uh, you know, match. Just I want to watch, I want to watch the event. <laughs> like I don't want to go through a, a a gazillion things. Just ah, it's torture. Yeah, no, I hate it. <laughs> I hate I hate having to log in and do all of that stuff. It, it's it's frustrating. Um, I. Also, I haven't subscribed to Peacock. I haven't felt the need to at this point. I know they've already been kind of doing that with like Premier League games and WWE, but like those are things that I don't. I had, I had go out of my way to watch very often. Time, and it was because one because there was a, a golf event that was strictly mm-hmm. on Peacock, which makes sense. And yep. it was in honor of the St. Peter's Peacocks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, there you go. So okay. it's just like the combination <laughs> yeah. of both. And it's like, oh, and you get like uh-huh. a free trial. It's like, all right. I'll, yeah, right. I will use this for the week or month or whatever, and then not use it. Yeah, which is probably the way you go about it. I I don't know if if it's a full month, then you time it because the the regular season game is December twenty third. The playoff game is January fourteenth. Right. So should be opportunities to do that, but it's still it's annoying. It's so annoying. To do that. And the playoffs too. It's a, it, yeah, right. And it's like you probably want to. <laughs> yeah, no. It's it's one thing to do that with a regular season game, which is already a good one. Bills Chargers, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, but. Uh, for doing it for a playoff game, and I'm just thinking, like, are bars gonna pay for Peacock for Probably one game? Not. No, right? Or is like you can't go out; you have to watch this at home. Like, it, it's just not fun for. See, I'm going know, to do this series. because I love football, and uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm I watch You'll every game. find a way to watch it. I, I, yeah. Well, maybe not not literally every game, but you know what I mean. Like Sunday, I'll mm-hmm. watch Red Zone and see snippets of every single game. And then yep. Sunday night and Monday night and Thursday night, I watch all of it. So I'm going to watch it, even if it's like some shit matchup, like you know Texans versus Panthers or whatever. <laughs> but mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it, it's it's still stu- well, not, maybe not Texans Panthers. It's the playoff game this but, year. But you I know, know what it's I mean? Bri- yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, this year also it's Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud potentially. Right. So. <laughs> Which has appeal, but yes, I, I get. I the just picked two there. random teams and just happened to be the two uh-huh. teams that were picking first <laughs> and second. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, 
So I'm not I'm not excited about that no. decision, but I am excited about football. I'm glad we have a schedule. I'm glad we can start kind of looking ahead, knowing when certain games are going to be played, and try to you know figure out how it's going to affect our Sundays. So yeah, and Mondays and Thursdays and Fridays on occasion and Saturdays, and Saturdays on occasion. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I'm just glad that so the Steelers play that Saturday the 23rd against the Bengals, and that is on NBC. So. That one I'm I'm happy about. Don't have to worry about Peacock for that game. The, the Patriots so. they play on uh, they play Monday night versus the Chiefs. That should be a that should be a lot of fun. And then yeah, uh, they also play Christmas Eve night against the Broncos, <laughs> which I think is so weird. I don't get why how they come, how come doing Denver that. is never when whenever the Broncos and Patriots play. I feel like nine times out of ten it's at Denver. It's oh, they play in Denver at, it's all the time. At New England, it feels like. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that is another one. The, the one, one that... time it was in New England, it was it was the COVID year, and you had to watch Cam Newton. Okay, just, you know. gotcha. I was gonna say like they probably have played one of those years recently where like both teams kind of that, that was so that makes sense. That was the last time that that just happened to be the game where the Patriots were starting to get exposed that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even remember that game, so <laughs> <laughs> not very memorable. <laughs> no, it was not a very high scoring game. No. And then I guess, you know, before we get off here, like on a more fun note related to the NFL schedule, there are a lot of schedule release videos. Uh, a lot of the networks are saying it's like the Super Bowl for social media teams. What were some of your favorites? Oh, come on. Like, I don't, I don't know who's <laughs> second because easily first is the Titans. Oh, the Titans. Yeah, uh, that was awesome. I've, I've watched it more times than I'd like to admit. Uh, how many times <laughs> I've watched the schedule release. Uh, uh-huh. Lightning McQueen. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. yeah, the playing the, the, the Fox background music after every everyone's guesses was just genius. Yeah. My favorite just one. Just like so. My favorite what? one was <laughs> Chester Cheeto. That's <laughs> <laughs> the Jack Wars. Chester <laughs> che- oh. oh my uh-huh. God, that was I was I was dying for that, that was, one. Yeah. No, I, I loved it. I loved how like both times they were playing the Colts, they were so both, confident. Yeah, both of them the were Cowboys. so convinced it was the Cowboys. <laughs> Which look, it's not that yeah. stupid because it's a horseshoe. Uh, They're both it is a horseshoe. White. Yeah. I get it. Uh, but yeah, both both times the, the girls were convinced or girl in one video and but girls in yeah, the other. Guy in another. Oh, guy I think one of them okay. was a guy, yeah. Okay. Oh he the guy said Chester Cheeto. Yeah, for the, 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 yeah the guys yeah, for the Jaguars. Uh-huh. Chester Cheeto. Uh, yeah, Steelers were uh, 49ers, 49ers, question mark, 69ers, 69ers stars. stars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then yeah. Um, I love the I love Falcons the changing Falcons. their name they to Red Stallions. Their name, the yep. Red Stallions. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was great. Roar. <laughs> so that one, I don't even know what was second because the first is yeah. usually that one. So, yeah, that one was definitely the best. Uh, I mean, the Chargers did the same thing with the anime. I still think they did a good job with it. Yeah, they did something with the Pop Tarts. Easter eggs. I don't know if you saw that. They did something with pop no. tarts where, like, for they like this, this whole thread like of pop tarts of uh, oh, like pop tart like their like, teams as so, pop tart flavors. Yeah, okay. like so when it was the Patriots, uh, they mm-hmm. sh- it was a picture of Mac Jones, and then it was like a vanilla pop tart, which was just great because <laughs> you know Mac Jones, yeah, just a just a guy, just vanilla mm-hmm. kind of quarterback. So I thought that one was that's great. fair. Uh, yeah. so I, I guess that's second. And I know it's not a video; that was a thread, but. Yeah, no. So their anime video they did. I watched it was like, the. It was w- good again. I watched the Patriots one. It was like in a retirement home, in a, I didn't even see the Patriots one. Yeah. I think it was. I think it was that one. Yeah. I think that was yeah. a schedule release because I because I, I remember Devin McCourty went in this like retirement home and there were other retired Patriots. Gotcha. Players, which kind of makes sense. And it showed like games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, the Steelers did like a parody of the uh, the dodgeball video with Patches of Hulahan, how to play it. Oh, but it was I got Zach, Zach Gentry, how to do sketch release. Yeah, it was one where it's like, I think a lot of people were had mixed feelings about it. I was like, no one's mentioning this as dodgeball. Like, this is a straight up parody of that. Like, they have no idea why they I did this. I haven't seen it. So I think it makes I'm, it I'm way sure more would, enjoyable. I'm sure I mm-hmm. would enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, they had fun with it. It, it was okay, uh, just in terms of the content, but I thought it was a fun concept, right. at least. And I love dodgeball. You know, obviously, you picked it third overall. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and then the Jaguars did a video where they uh, basically were going along with the whole NFL is scripted theme and saying that, you know, every all 17 games were episodes. And I thought they did a good job with it. It was like a nine-minute video, but I watched the whole thing, and I enjoyed it. It sucks so. that... The Titans one was so good that I couldn't even begin to tell you what the other ones were like. <laughs> I, I, I think I've seen uh-huh. a little bits and pieces of others. But yeah. The Titans one was so good that it just overshadowed everyone else's. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like, there, it is, it's so fun watching people who don't know about sports and making fun of them for not knowing about sports. I think that's real. Like, whether it's Jeopardy or just random people on the street uh, guessing, like, logos. Yeah, the, the 76ers question, and it's like, uh, what was what was Joel Embiid's nickname? Uh, Dual 180. <laughs> and then Joel Embiid puts his Twitter name as Joel Dual 180 Embiid. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it, yeah. I think it's great when... Uh-huh. I mean, it's, I mean, it's funny, it... it Obviously, yeah. we know we plenty, laughs. but but it is funny mm-hmm. to see how how like clueless uh, some people. Yeah. Are. Oh, I I love those like videos all the time where it's like, what team is this based on the logo? Right. And you know, it's I'm surprised that this is the first time that it it has happened for an NFL schedule release because you know it's clearly a fun concept. Right. So. Yeah. So. Anyway, that'll do it for this episode. So, you know, we're running out of NBA playoffs and Stanley Cup playoffs, but, you know, it's it's exciting. Celtics game one is getting ready to start. Any, uh, I guess my thought on this is I think tonight is going to go a long way toward how I feel about the rest of the series. I just hope the Celtics I don't, win I don't relatively convincingly. I don't blame you because look at the, look at the last series. Game one, the the Heat, the, not the Heat, the, the Sixers were without Embiid and Mm-hmm. They end up pulling in off Boston, an upset. And it's just like the Celtics. Yeah. You know one one thing that one thing I just can't stand about them is that they don't always take the team seriously, or like they they don't they don't. When you see a game like Game Seven and they're locked in, they can blow teams out right of the building. But mm-hmm. but you'll see games like Game One versus Sixers, Game Five versus the Hawks, where it's like they they take their foot off the gas and they don't play, you know, a full 48 minutes. And that could be frustrating at times because they put themselves in a, in situations that they shouldn't even be in. Yeah. And I mean, just looking at the past few years, other than the first half of that game against Atlanta, they have struggled in game one. Like they lost to Philly last year. They lost both Miami and Milwaukee and then Brooklyn, the closest game in the series, they almost lost. It came down to a buzzer beater. So yeah, yeah, I'm definitely nervous about that. And I think if they're able to go out and win by you know 15 plus points, they'd be like, okay, I feel really good about this team. And if they struggle or straight up lose, then all yeah, the fears I, I have I'm about ner- Miami will be true. I'm a little ner- nervous about this series because mm-hmm. the other two series, I, I, I think they're, I think the Celtics are more, way more talented than Atlanta, 
even Phil, and even Miami. Yeah. Like on paper. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think they're the much more talented team. And if they're just on paper, I think they should beat them in five. But I mm-hmm. don't think it'll be that. I think it'll be a six or seven game series. And I definitely give Miami a shot. Definitely not a three percent shot. 3%, yeah, three, <laughs> so absurd. How did how did that work out last uh, year versus the Warriors when the Celtics had an eighty eight percent chance of winning? Oh, like, that's I for, I don't understand how their so, analytics so come dumb. Out with those numbers. Like, even, <laughs> like, I, I, yeah, if, if that were the case, great, but mm-hmm. it's not. It doesn't play out like yep. that. Yeah, they definitely need to revise their they, formula. They, they need a new model, is what they need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're giving uh-huh. Miami Heat a three percent chance when. They beat them in 2020 in the bubble and almost beat them again last last year. If Jimmy Butler hits yep. that shot or goes for the two, yep, yep. So, so I, I definitely, um, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about tonight and maybe even the series in general. Mm-hmm. You know, because especially Jimmy Butler, because yeah, oh, I know. Even though He's, Jimmy Butler proves is it time and time again, like clearly their best player and carries the team at times. He, he definitely, he's someone that gets it. And I've always questioned if Tatum does or doesn't get it. And, you know, if he plays like he does in game seven, look, that's that's unrealistic. But <laughs> yeah, I'd I don't like think to, he's going like, 50. A I'd lot. like to see Tatum have a higher floor. Like, don't completely suck for. Three oh, yeah. And a half right. Quarters. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I completely agree. He should not be missing 15 shots on a do or die playoff. So game. expecting him to do what he did in game seven. Every game is unrealistic. But I don't know. I just I just love seeing. Um, not just the shots going in, but him going to the basket with purpose, looking to mm-hmm. score, and you see him make that three, and then he's like, "This is my shit," and it's like, "All right, like this guy's starting to get it now," and showing yep. uh, more emotion and and you know, you know what I mean? Like he he, he yeah looks, oh no he looks, I totally he looks like he's yes. starting to get it now. Uh huh. Yes, I I totally understand that. So just gotta hope that you know at least four games can can put it together. Yeah. So. Um, and then, you know, on a, a lighter note, PGA Championship is coming up this weekend. Do you have any predictions? Um, man, um, I'll go with Scheffler, I guess. But it's, it, it, Scheffler and Rom are just by far and away the two best. And Rom won the Masters. I guess I'll just pick Scheffler. I don't know. There, there are guys knocking on the door now, like Finau. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Finau, he, he it took him like years to finally get a win. Uh, and then he, ever since he got like his first or second win on tour, he's he's starting to win more tournaments and knocking on the door on majors. Um, so I think he can, I think he's got a shot. Xander Shoffley as well. He's like one of the best players that doesn't have a major. Same with Patrick Cantlay or Patrick. Uh, yes. Got, Cantlay has he Cantlay his Tiger Woods Cantlay, caddy now. I I I I don't want him to win. <laughs> yeah, I figured you wouldn't want him, but I I think he's someone who's also getting a lot of uh a lot of love switching yeah, caddies. Brooke, Brooks uh is playing well. He's he's played mm-hmm. really well uh, on the live. He tour. might be back. He's won the PGA twice. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So I could see him. I know I'm naming like every name, but. I, didn't, I, didn't I mean, those are the two question. names I wanted to throw up. <laughs> I didn't no, expect that's this fine. question. I kind, I'll admit, I kind of, uh-huh. I've kind of, uh, I don't know. I haven't paid attention to golf. I mean, I, I do. I, I really do, but not as much, I guess. I haven't really paid attention between now and the Masters, but I always get excited about majors. Yeah, I so. do too. Um, I, I just didn't expect that question, but I, I, I'll <laughs> no, go Sheffield. Um, <laughs> okay. I liked seeing. Ricky finally playing well because he's been so bad for several years and mm-hmm. this year he's been consistently finishing top 10 or 20 in every event it's like all right I like 
I'd like for to see him finally win a major. I don't. That know. would be cool. Yeah. yeah, he's a fun player. Spieth is always looking for that last major to create. You know, complete the career grand slam. He already has the other three. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played terrible at Wells Fargo, but I don't know. It's just one event. Rory's been awful. <laughs> he's been so bad. <laughs> uh, man, like the, uh. the the Masters and Wells Fargo uh, championship. Like those are like two of his. Like best, even though he doesn't have a master's green jacket, he, he usually shows yeah. up for a top five or ten every year. But he was terrible in both events, and I don't know what to think of him. I guess if you're, like, yeah, like of the star players, I don't know. I feel least confident about him, I guess. That's which I think is fair. Yeah. yeah. Phil won at Kiawa two years ago. He, he finished at Sunday <laughs> that at the one Masters. Really came out phenomenal. Of <laughs> like both of those, both of them. Uh-huh. Like the, P, the PGA championship. And he was like, you know, events before that, he was just like missing cut after cut, and then all of a sudden yep. just wins that event just out of nowhere. And, yeah, and then same thing old. with the live uh, this year, where he like on the on the live tour, he was playing t- playing like shit, and then all of a sudden just shows up uh, on Sunday and finishes second. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm interested to see how the the PGA versus live plays out here. Um, especially because it's a PGA championship, but right. we have live golfers <laughs> participating. I'm, so. No, I'm even though I don't love the live tour, I'm glad that they mm-hmm. play in majors. Yeah, I agree. I think it makes it more fun. I mean, there, there are a lot of big names on that tour. So, Oh, and DJ too. He's another one that's mm-hmm. starting to trend back towards playing well because he was off at the Masters, but uh, he's played really well in his last few events. Yeah, and he's he's obviously a big name, so. Anyway, that'll uh, do it for this one. So <laughs> we took us a while, but we finally got it. So for my co-host, Brian Wells, I'm Corey Thanks, everyone. <laughs>